I worked as a deputy sheriff in a large rural county in Oklahoma a few years ago and experienced something one night that to this day gives me the chills when I think about it, and it set a course for events that would change my life forever. I've locked it away deep in my mind since then, but this weekend I was going through a box of old cords and electronics I have, and when I saw that old digital camera laying there, it all came flooding back. Even though it's been quite a few years, I couldn't shake the uneasy feeling I had as I lay in bed last night as memories of that night flashed through my mind. During the time of this event, I lived with two roommates and one of them was about to get married to a friend of mine from high school. They were having their engagement party on a Saturday, and even though I had to work all day, I told them I'd be home around 9pm and we'd continue the party as many of our high school friends would be there, and I was looking forward to it. Even my ex-girlfriend Andrea from high school was going to be there, and I was really hoping for a rekindle of romance between us. That Saturday was pretty uneventful work-wise, and the excitement was growing seeing I had only two hours left on my shift and couldn't wait to get off and get back to the house. Dispatch called me on the radio and wanted to know if I could head to a town in the northwest part of our county on a trouble unknown call. The dispatcher asked that I call in on my phone, for she had more info she wanted to speak to me about. I said 10-4, called in, and the dispatcher said this is going to sound very weird, but a woman called from a house near this town I was responding to, and was saying a helicopter was flying around her house, shining its spotlight into her windows. I was like, okay, and knew there was not much I could do about it, but I stepped it up because I wanted to see for myself. This town was a good 20 minute drive from my location, and I hoped it was still there when I arrived because I'd never heard of anything like this before and really wanted to have a good story to tell when I got home later. I was about 5 miles away when I came over the hill and I could see lights of the town ahead of me. This lady that called lived about a mile outside of it and her house sat on a large acreage which had its own road that ran for about a half mile until it met the main road. It was pretty overgrown and tree covered in that area, but I knew I could see her home from the main road and hoped I could view the helicopter that was lighting up her house. I was now about a quarter of a mile from the turn into her driveway and had a clear view of her house and as sure as I'm writing this, I could see a long searchlight beam illuminating her top floor window and the beam extending up into darkness. I didn't want the pilot to see me and I shut off all the lights on my car and rolled down the front windows as I crept up to her private road to her home. And that's when reality hit me. I'd served in the Navy on a naval air station and seen many helicopters coming and going, and as everyone who has ever witnessed one flying over their house knows, they are loud as hell. The problem I had at that moment was there was nothing but silence. No strobe lights, no rotor sounds, nothing but the light. The hair on the back of my neck started to stand up as I pulled closer to the house. Whatever it was just sat there silently, and I sat there a few minutes staring up at it, trying to figure out a reasonable explanation for what I was witnessing. I opened the car door and walked slowly up to the house. I could see lights on the lower floor of the house, and upstairs was dark except for the light beam. I made it to the door and knocked several times, but the lady never came. I pounded on the door, and nothing. I decided to walk back to the car and get on my PA and announce to her I was there, and as I started walking towards the vehicle, 
The light fixated on me and followed me the entire way. My heart was racing, and I had a pit in my stomach. I'd never experienced anything like this in my entire life. I picked up the mic and said, Ma'am, this is the sheriff's office. Please come to the door. And then the front door swung open, and a very frightened lady came running to me. She said she was sorry she didn't come when I knocked, but she'd been in her kitchen on the phone with her son when I was at the door and was too afraid to move because she heard what sounded like footsteps on her second floor and was scared to death to pass the staircase. She said when she heard me on the loudspeaker, the footsteps stopped and she decided to run out as fast as she could. By the time the light had fixated itself back on the house, we both stood there staring up at it. I asked her if she'd seen anything like this before, and she said no. I said, well, I haven't either, and I'm not really sure what to do here. I reached through the open window of my car and pointed my spotlight at whatever was on the other side of the beam of light, and I could barely make out the end of the object. It looked like the front end of a submarine, black and pointed, but I wasn't able to see anything else, for my light was not strong enough to see to the other end of it. We kind of just sat there scratching our heads until jokingly I told her I'd get on my PA and tell it to leave. She asked if I could shoot at it, and I said no because it might shoot back at us. I picked the mic up and announced, I don't know what you are and why you're here, but leave this lady alone and move on. We both kind of laughed, but that laugh turned to shock as the searchlight turned off and we could barely make out the outline of the object in the sky. It sat there for about 10 seconds, and then slowly started to drift off to the north. I could only see it moving as it was blocking out the stars behind it, and after a minute or so, it seemed to finally be gone. The lady was still scared to death and really didn't want to go back inside her house, but I told her I'd go with her and clear each room, and hopefully she'd be at peace and left alone for the night. The house was quiet and empty of any beings except us, and I told her if you need us again, please call, and even though I'd be off soon, another deputy could respond. She thanked me, and I was on my way. I had this creeped out feeling as I drove down her driveway back to the road, and after clearing off that call, I decided I'd drive into the small town and grab a drink to catch my breath for a minute. When I turned on the main street in town, I could see the general direction towards her house, and it was at that moment I noticed the object was back. I remembered that in my bag I had my digital camera, and I decided I was going to get proof of this so that anyone who called me crazy after this night could be proven wrong by any evidence I was able to get. I radioed dispatch and told them I was returning to the previous caller's address, that the trouble had returned. I asked dispatch for another unit, but unfortunately in rural counties there could only be one or two working, and the other was 40 minutes away and didn't have that kind of time. I hauled ass back to the road in front of the lady's house, and as I came up to the spot before her driveway, I could see the light again plain as day illuminating her house. I jumped out of my car, put the camera on the roof, and pointed it right in the area of the light beam. This camera was pretty advanced for the day and cost me a small fortune, but compared to today's tech, it'd be pretty outdated. I took one picture as normal and couldn't see anything and started adjusting the exposure and snapping pictures until I could make out the outline of the object. 
There was that familiar shape like the front end of a submarine, and I could only make out the front part of it where the light was coming from, as the other end of it was still not visible. I was just glad I had something on camera and had something to back up my story. I jumped back into the car and made it up to her driveway, and I could see her near her car with items all over the ground and frantically trying to gather them up and put them in her vehicle. She was in a total state of panic and I did my best to calm her down, but her hands were trembling so bad that I told her to step back and I'd help her put them in the car. She said she'd gone to her bedroom and was preparing to go to bed when her entire room lit up and she heard pounding on her roof. She said she sprang out of bed and grabbed a few overnight things and planned to stay at her son's home that night. I told her that was probably a good idea and I'd follow her there to make sure she was safe. When we finished loading her items in the car, the light went off again and I told her not to waste more time, let's go. We tore out of that driveway and when we got to her son, he was very confused by all of this especially now that his mother and a deputy both were at his house clearly shaken. He thanked me for the help, and I left. I made it back to the station and finished a few reports and visited with the dispatchers for a bit. They were both on edge and freaked out after I told them what I just saw, and I made the joke that I'd probably take a lot of ribbing over this incident and fully expected it when I returned to work a couple of days later. I lived about 20 minutes away from the station, and since my shift ended, I headed home. I was making good time trying to hurry and get to the party, but the events of the night were still heavily on my mind. The area I was driving in is pretty flat, and you can see miles in each direction. I stopped at a stop sign that was on the route, and when I did, I saw a familiar sight. Off about two or so miles away, I could see the beam of light shining down on what I thought was a field or pasture. It was slowly drifting in my direction, and I wasn't sure if I should floor it or wait around and see what it does. Stupidly, I waited around to watch, because my curiosity was killing me at that point. I remember stepping out of the car and walking up to the barbed wire fence that ran along the length of the road. As the object got closer, I could feel a pounding at the bottom of my throat, and I realized it was my heart. It was about to beat out of my chest, and the next thing I remember was waking up in pain. I was on my back, and my arm was tangled in the barbed wire. The object was gone, and my car was still running, but I had gashes that were bleeding and was able to stumble back to my car and open the first aid kit. I had no idea at that point if anxiety caused me to pass out, or if I was affected somehow by the craft. I didn't want to know at that point, I just wanted to get home. I drove home in a daze and was consumed by this strange feeling. I finally pulled up into my driveway, grabbed my bag and slung my rifle around my neck. Before I opened the front door, I could hear laughter and carrying on inside and knew once they saw me, they were going to think I either got into some serious stuff at work or had an accident. I slowly opened the door, walked in and threw my bag down, and I heard a loud, Oh my God! Lane the nurse came running up to me and said, What the hell happened? I told her it was a bad day at the office and asked her if she would look at these wounds. She said absolutely, and we walked to the kitchen sink where she helped me get the wrap off and clean up the scratches. She told me I was probably okay and could just bandage them up at home without stitches. 
Everyone was crowding around me trying to find out what happened, and I just sat down pondering whether or not to tell them. I told them they were not going to believe it, but I'd fill them in on the story. My ex-girlfriend sat next to me, and I felt comforted from that and basically relayed every detail of the events of that night. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Everyone was speechless, and you could have heard a pin drop until my roommate formed a big smile on his face and said, No way in hell, dude. You're just screwing with us. I told him I figured he'd feel that way, but I was about to change his mind because I had photos. I reached into my bag and pulled out my camera, told them if they'd like to see it, then to follow me up to my room. All five of them lined up behind me and followed me. Andrea and two of the other girls were talking about how freaked out they were, but my roommate was still skeptical. I grabbed the cable and plugged the camera in and started importing the photos. There were seven of them, and you could see in progression from the first I took to the last how much more detail of the object came out. Everyone was in stunned silence with wide eyes and open mouths. The first question they had was if it followed me home. It could have, I said. Everyone just kind of looked around at each other and then back at me. They asked me what I planned to do next, and I told them nothing. No way in hell was I going to publish these pics and probably just never speak of it again. I didn't want to be that guy that saw and interacted with a UFO, and I think they all understood that. I unplugged the camera and threw it back in my bag, even though they were all asking for copies of the pictures. I said I'd think about it. Everyone was scared to death now, and they all said they were staying and not leaving. I think they were afraid they would walk outside and a light would shine down on them. Andrea cried out. I asked her what was wrong, and she said she was having to house it at her parents' house that night because they were out of town and had dogs that needed attended to. She was begging her friends to go with her and none of them would. They were that frightened. I told her I'd be glad to go with her and stay, or we could go and bring the dogs here. She said they were elderly and probably not a good idea to move them from the house, but gladly accepted my offer of staying there with her. She waited for me to shower and change, and still having that awful, creepy feeling, I made sure to grab my bag and service weapon, and I followed her to her parents' house just a few miles away. It was very dark when we arrived, and I followed her through the garage into the house. The house was also dark and cold inside, and I couldn't shake that creepy feeling that I had all night. I told her I'd sleep on the couch or wherever, but she said no way. We were sleeping in her room and that was that. I had a bit of trouble falling asleep, but I finally did and woke up around 3am alone in there. I thought maybe she'd gone to the bathroom, but after about 15 minutes went by, I decided to get up and see where she was. I turned the lights in her room on in the hallway and called out her name but there was no answer. I made it to the living room, and I heard the back door slide open, and she told me to come out with her. 
I asked her what was wrong, and she said she'd had trouble sleeping because all she could think about was my story, and she wanted to see it for herself. I was kind of surprised considering how scared she was earlier. She asked if I'd drive her back to the same area I saw the craft because she just had to see it. I didn't want to go back at this hour because this evening had been eventful enough, but she pressed on, and I really wanted to get involved with her again, so I agreed. We loaded up into my truck and started the drive back to the dark rural part of the county, and I was secretly hoping we would see nothing and I could just put this night behind me. After a half hour or so, we made it to the intersection where I seemed to have passed out. It was dark and quiet and a light warm breeze blew as I showed her the part of the fence I cut my arm on. We stood out there staring at the sky until 4.30 in the morning. I told her whatever it was is now probably long gone and we should get back. We started for the truck and my stomach dropped when I heard her scream. She was pointing towards a large open field where I looked and I saw three bluish lights moving above the dirt. They were circling each other in a quick motion about a hundred yards away from us and moving right at us. I told her I didn't like this and we needed to go now and before we could turn to make it back to the truck, the entire area was lit up in a bright blinding light and what sounded like thunder. I don't remember much after that except waking up sitting in my truck with her next to me. The sun was now up and the clock showed 6.55 am. We sat there for a few minutes in silence looking around, wondering what happened during the last two hours. She asked if I'd take her back home and I said yes because I was exhausted and I felt like I'd just been hit by a truck. I just wanted to get home and sleep, it was all I could think about. I drove her to her parents' house and had to wake her up when we arrived. She got out of the truck and looked at me hoping I had some kind of answer, but I didn't. We both agreed to meet up at lunchtime and try to make sense of all of it. I drove home in a daze and pulled into the driveway to see an unfamiliar vehicle and my patrol car gone. And this is where things got really strange. I stepped out of the truck and looked around thinking my roommate might have moved the car to the street, but it was nowhere to be found. It might have been very unlike him because he knew he was not allowed to drive it and he certainly wouldn't have moved it without telling me first. I walked to the front door and my key wouldn't work after trying several times. I banged on the door to try to wake up my roommates and I was surprised when a man I'd never seen before flung open the door, demanding to know why I was on his porch so early in the morning. I asked what the hell he was doing in my house, and he had this dumbfounded look on his face. He asked if I'd been drinking, because he'd lived here for the last 15 years, and if I didn't leave, he was going to call the police. I told him he was on my property and I pulled out my wallet to show him my badge and ID. I'm a Summit County deputy, I explained, and he asked where that was. I told him the county we were in now. He just laughed and said I must be in the wrong state, told me to lay off the drugs and alcohol and to get the hell off his property. I walked back to the truck to make sure I was at the right house. Sure enough, I was. But things were different. 
The paint color of the house had changed, and the front yard had much different landscaping. I grabbed my cell phone and tried calling my roommates, but the person on the other end told me I had the wrong number. I tried calling my other roommate, and there was no answer. A man I'd never seen before came out of my neighbor's house with two kids who looked like they were leaving for church service. What the hell is going on, I thought. I immediately thought of my ex-girlfriend. I raced back to her parents' house to find her standing on the sidewalk up the street from her house crying. She told me her key wouldn't work, nor would the garage door code, and when she tried to open the window in her bedroom, she heard a child scream. She said a man came out of the front door with a pistol and told her to get off his damn property before he called the police. She told him it was her parents' house, and he looked at her like she was crazy. She said she looked through the windows on the garage door, and her car wasn't there. I told her to get in the truck, and we'd figure this out. I explained to her that I had the same experience. The roommates were gone, and a different family was living in my house. We tried calling everyone we knew, only to find wrong numbers, or numbers that didn't exist at all. I called the sheriff's office and hoped someone familiar would answer, but unfortunately was told no deputy by my name worked there. We drove around a bit, not knowing what to do, and from working in law enforcement, I knew if I'd gone to the police and explained what had happened to us, they'd think I was crazy. At that point, we both realized we were alone, in a strange but familiar place, with nothing, and she started crying. I tried my best to console her, but I too was barely hanging on. We both knew in the back of our heads what had caused this, and we both were hoping it was just a bad dream, and we'd wake up back in our world. But it never happened. It's been 15 years now in this existence, and we had to start from scratch. As the years went by, we would notice many things were the same here but also some were different, such as businesses and brand names. We used to drive around at night in the country, hoping the craft would come back and take us home, but we never saw it again. All of the proof of the training, studying and hard work that got us to our positions and our old lives was gone. We stayed together and we ended up marrying each other, surviving the best we could with what little we had and with time built ourselves back up, and we're raising a family now. Life was difficult for many years having to start over, but we did it, and I had almost completely put it out of my mind when I decided to clean out a closet this weekend, and open that old box of electronics, and saw that digital camera. I didn't say anything to her, because this has all been hard enough on her, and it was just a couple of years ago that she stopped waking up crying in the night. I just sat there, and I thought many times over whether to connect this old camera and see if the pictures are still there, but I haven't had the nerve to try it yet. I just really miss my friends and family. <laughs>